Um, and I'm really thankful uh, that uh, you guys invited me to speak. Um, I haven't done this in a while. Um, and I, I like to say a prayer. I used to like to say a prayer when I did give my experience, strength, and hope. Um, so if you guys wouldn't mind, I'm going to say that prayer now. Um, God, I would ask that you help me to say what you want me to say, hear what you want me to hear, be who you want me to be, and help me get out of the way. Uh, so my journey started um, with OA a long time ago. Uh, I think that the very first time I ever went to an OA meeting was when I was, I think, 20, because um, my eating was out of control ever since I was born. Every time, ever since I came out of the shoot, my mom has stories of some strange things. Uh, like I wouldn't eat fruit, uh, any baby food, any baby food fruit. Like all I wanted was meat, baby food. Um, I just, I've always had a strange relationship um, with food. And I started, I remember going to an OA meeting when I was 20 and then running like heck out of there. Uh, <laughs> scared to death of what you guys, um, with the truth that was in my face. Um, but yeah, so so let me go back. Um, there isn't a diet. I don't think that I didn't try um, when I was younger. Um, my parents were not cruel about my, my weight issue, but they always knew that I was upset about it and they always wanted to try and fix it. So they were constantly from maybe elementary school, fifth grade, trying to help me with diets. And I, um, I without naming them, because I don't want to go through and, and, and bash any diet that did work for some people, they just didn't work for me. Um, but I tried them all. The restricting ones, the ones where you only eat a certain amount of this and you completely cut out that, um, the ones where you exercise to death. I mean, I've had so many memberships at so many gyms. Like, I feel like I should be able to get the tax refund for like a charitable donation for all of the, for all of the gyms that I, uh, that I signed up for and either didn't go to or went to briefly and, and exercise my brains out and then stopped, you know, so I was really uh, a starter and a stopper and a starter and a stopper. Um, I, yeah, I, it was just insanity, but I didn't know it, you know, cause that's kind of what everybody was doing around me too. Like you just, you dieted and then, and then you ate and then you dieted and then you ate. And I, I did lose weight when I was younger. Um, it, in fact, I lost a huge amount of weight multiple times, um, but it would always, it would always come back. Um, it was like Sisyphus pushing that rock up the hill um, and then gets to the very top. And there, there was always this moment where it tipped over the edge and I was right back to the races. I was right back to gaining weight. Um, and so that was the physical manifestation of my disease. You could see it on me, but the mental and emotional and spiritual aspect of my disease um, wasn't as obvious, but I was a anxious child. Um, I've been diagnosed with multiple anxiety disorders and depressive, um, you know, d depression and a myriad of other, um, a myriad of other things that I tried to medicate with food. Um, and I, I just was trying to solve problems that what the 
was at the end of my fork was not going to solve. There was just, it was just no way it was going to solve, but I didn't, I didn't have any other coping mechanisms. I grew up in a family of addiction, um, not specifically to food, um, but to other things. And so my family was always trying to solve problems with substances or behaviors that weren't going to solve the problems um, that we all had. Uh, <laughs> so I go through um, elementary school dieting. I go through middle school dieting and trying to solve this and, and tame this untamable beast. I go through high school doing it. I mean, I, and I was a good little dieter, like <laughs> good little dieter. I mean, I got asked to the prom and, and I was on a diet at that point and at the restaurant, um, when I was about to order, uh, the, the waiter said, well, what would you like? And I handed him a little box of a diet, uh, food and said, I'd like you to heat this up in the back, you know, cause I was, I was being good on the, at that point on my diet. So it wasn't for lack of trying. Like I, you know, I just, it wasn't the solution. Even when I was thin, it was never the solution. So I got married and that was the big, like, I remember, um, that was the big shift of uh, when my weight just sort of hit a place where there was, where it was affecting my, my health and doctors were starting to, to tell me, you know, this is really serious. I had health um, issues in my family. Almost everybody in my family died of either, died of a heart attack earlier. My uncle died at 30. My grandfather died at 42. My mother had quadruple bypass heart surgery. So this was in my lineage. And I was, once I got married, I started eating and eating and eating and eating. And I got um, to 235 pounds, which was my last weight that I knew about. Like, and when I say that, I mean, like I weighed myself. And then I remember one day watching um, the TV and there was a commercial for two heavyweight um, boxers and they both weighed more than me. And I, I thought, oh my God, this, you know, the only solution is it, the solution was not to lose the weight because I couldn't, or I tried. So the solution was just to never weigh myself again. So I didn't have to know how high I got. So the scale got thrown away, you know, and, and I, I add to that sometimes I did dieting in what I considered not crazy and healthy because there were times when I would do these sort of ones that I knew in the back of my mind were hurting my body too. But there were times when I was just like, I'm just going to eat healthy. I'm just going to do this thing. I'm just going to be balanced. And that didn't, that was no avail too. You know, like there was nothing ever worked. I, I remember um, I was a vegetarian and vegan and there's absolutely nothing wrong with being vegetarian and vegan. Like this, if that's all you hear in my story, that's not what I'm saying. Nothing wrong with that. But when you had Heather trying to do that to solve a problem that won't be solved, with food, because essentially my problem is my problem with living that I tried to solve with food, then it, it didn't work either. And I remember going to a doctor and I had lost a significant amount of weight, but I was still very heavy. And he said, well, Heather, you have a fatty liver and, I'm, and, and, and it's really wonderful that you've lost this weight, but you need to lose a lot more um, because you have the beginning stages or what will be chronic non-alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver. And I just died inside because I had I had tried so hard to lose that weight and he wasn't being cruel, but he was saying, this is still going to happen. And so my, my response to that, I guess a normal person's response to that would be to continue down the path. Like, okay, I'm done. Well, I've lost some weight. I'll do more. And then I'll stop this 
disease from, from killing me. My response was, it's not enough. Take me to my restaurant of choice and let me order double the amount that I would normally order. And, and cause if I'm not, if I'm going to die anyway, I might as well die with food in my mouth was my thought. And that's what I did that night. So now we get to what happened because my sponsor tells me, you know, you say what it was like, what happened and what you're like now. And, you know, I could go on and on. So if you didn't hear anything that you related to in my story, you know, all when you, when I, let me say when I was listening to people in, in program and I would go like, oh, I wasn't that bad or, oh, I was much worse. Both of those statements set me apart from who was speaking. And I got to sort of have a safety place where it's like, well, that's not me. Maybe I don't, you know, I don't know. For whatever reason, I was hiding from it because I think I was scared of this program. But my sponsor said, listen, for for the underneath, maybe not the details. You know, it's, it's like a TV series where like maybe the actors change from week to week, but the plot line is always the same in Scooby-Doo, you know? Like I listened for how I was similar to people. Um, even if the behaviors that I had were different, but I, there wasn't many behaviors that, you know, in the first chapter of the 12 and 12 of OA that I didn't exhibit. The only reason I didn't have a surgery was because I didn't have the money. Um, and I didn't, and it wasn't going to be covered in my insurance, but, um, and again, nothing wrong with the surgery. Like I always want to say that, like if, if it works for people, it works for people. It did not work for me. So, um, at this point I, I'm also a member of another 12-step program um, for fan, for friends and families of alcoholics. And I meet... Oh, is ten that minutes. my 10 minutes? Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So I meet a beautiful lady who, um, after that meeting, I don't even know how she shares with me. Probably I was, I was talking about how sad I was about my journey of trying to lose weight um, and, and how scared I was for my health. Um, so she shared uh, OA with me and I said, oh no, I've been there once in my 20s. And I, I remember uh, somebody, th this was my telling. I, I don't think this is what happened, but this is how I told it. I said, I went there and there were a bunch of people who told me to stop eating. And uh, then they told me that uh, God, my God could be a God of my understanding. So he could be a coffee cup or a tree. And that's not my fate. You know, I can't go there. And And that was my excuse. I was like, God wouldn't want me to go there. And I, I grew up in a very, very traditional faith where like this idea that we created a designer God was very scary to me that I was going to a place and they were creating designer gods based on what they wanted God to be, not what God was. And so therefore it would be immoral for me to go. And I got, but basically it was me saying, I got scared that they told me to put down my drug and I'm going to, I'm going to say that it's because it's not religious enough. Like, so anyway, my friend said, okay, well that's, I understand. And she didn't push, you know, she didn't, she didn't overzealously tell me how it wasn't always going to be that way. Or maybe that was a meeting or, you know, she didn't do any of that. She just loved me exactly where I was. And I kept seeing her. And I remember at one point I was just despondent because I was trying to fix this problem, the 12 steps in another pro program and the credits don't transfer. Like, you know, it, the credits just don't transfer. And and this one was not, was sticking and it was not, it was not, you know, budging when I was trying to work the 12 steps on it in, in another program. And she said, you know, I just have this beautiful image of you, Heather, as a little girl. Um, and you, 
and you are mothering little Heather and little Heather, you know, she said, little Heather's been alone. Little Heather, she said, I have an image of her pushing a little staircase up to the countertop, climbing up the staircase like three-year-old Heather, sticking her hand in the cookie jar and just eating and eating. She's scared and she's alone and there's nobody will get her any food. And she said, and I see you going over to her, over to the countertop, not getting mad at her, closing the cookie jar, holding her tight and, and giving her what she was really hungry for. Um, and that image just broke me. And God, God knows what he's doing because that image. And then I go to a Al-Anon, um, it's called a gratitude dinner. It's where the programs come together. AA and Al-Anon come together for this big dinner on Valentine's, not Valentine's Day, on Thanksgiving. So I'm sitting in this big room and there's a speaker who speaks a lot like me, who kind of looks a lot like me. And she's sharing her, her AA story. And I, and I'm like, God, she sounds like me. And her story has touch points that like, even though it's alcohol, remind me of me. Like she talks about going into an Applebee's and there's a bar and every cell in her body wants to drink. And I, I looked around in the room and I thought, huh, oh my God, if you told me I couldn't have that and that and that and that, because we're in a gratitude dinner. It's a potluck of the smorgasbord. And I'm like, if you told me I couldn't have that for the rest of my life, my palms started sweating. It's the first time I really realized, you know, what it meant if somebody said you can never have alcohol again to an alcoholic, that fear that like, how am I going to survive without it? That like, why can't I just have it on my birthday? Why can't I? all of those things hit me to the core? And I knew that I had the same thing that she had. Like I knew that she drank her, her sugar and flour for lack of a better shortcut, because that's not all, you know, the way it is, but she drank her sugar and flour and I ate my alcohol. That was the only difference. Um, it was when it got inside us, it did the same thing. Didn't matter what the substance was. So that's when I got my butt to an OA meeting. And my life did this transformation unlike anything I had ever tried before because it got me from the inside out. It it took me, it cleaned up my insides. I'm sorry if you see me chattering, it's that I'm really cold. <laughs> I'm in this room and I'm, I'm very cold. and I can't go and change it right now because I'm speaking. Um, but I got a sponsor. I got a sponsor um, in that first meeting that I went to. Well, actually, excuse me, in the third meeting, because the first meeting I went to, they weren't there. And I was really upset. But then I was also kind of like, yeah, they're not there. So I come back to my house and I call my other sponsor from the other program. And she goes, well, go again. And I was like, oh, so I go again. And this one, they weren't there. It was another meeting and another night that they weren't there. It was like, wasn't updated in the in the you know, online when I looked or wherever I looked, I don't remember now. Um, and I said, well, obviously I'm not supposed to do this because it wasn't there again. At this point I was mad. And my sponsor said, nope, third time's the charm. Because I think she, she knew, she recognized that I had something that, that I needed more help with. I needed another program. So the third time in that meeting, I was, I crawled in and they say that if you're, Sometimes, at least I'll say that I was not ready until I was crawling in. You know, it's like a Dutch door. I don't know if you've seen those doors that have the hinges and there's two parts to them. If the top part isn't shut and locked and I'm not crawling in, I'm probably not ready. Um, and I crawled into that room. I cried. I I was home and I was mad that I was home because I didn't want to have this disease. I wanted to have something where you could just say, well, if you just did this and if you just got your act together, you'd be okay. 
and then you'd have balance and you'd be able to eat, you know, have your cake and eat it too. And, uh, and I was angry because I didn't know the gift that I was being given. I didn't know the freedom I was being given. I thought I was being given chains. I thought I was being given a cell. Um, I thought I was being given, you know, like this thing that was going to steal something from me. And I had no idea I was being given freedom. Um, and my sponsor, bless her, um, took me through this journey of the steps. And I, my husband actually left me. Let's see, I got it in program January 12th, 2000, excuse me, January 7th, 2012. And my husband left me unexpectedly to me. I think in retrospect, I can look and see the signs. But if he would ask me on that day, it was completely unexpected in May. And that beautiful woman walked me. And the, and the people in my group and the larger away, you guys walked me through that. What would have been something that I would have eaten myself to death. Like I, I very easily could have been one of those people that's locked in their house and has to be you know, the ambulance has to be called, a special ambulance has to be called to like lift the person, like cut out of their house kind of person because I was in that kind of devastating pain. Instead of that, I called her every morning weeping. I can't, I mean, she's just a saint. And and the reason she is is because somebody did it for her. And and she's had the transformation too. And she, she wanted to give it to somebody else. Um, and I just like, I was rescued. I was crowd surfed by you guys. And every day that I didn't put poisonous food into my body was a day that I got better. Um, you know, I, I had to go through the journey of figuring out what when was poisonous. Two minutes, Two minutes or one minute? Yeah. Two. Minutes. Okay. So I, in a nutshell, have been um, on a journey back to you guys. Though I didn't lose my food abstinence, I lost my spiritual sobriety, I like to say. Um, uh, and two minutes is not enough time to do the justice of that story. But uh, but I can tell you that it is a three-legged stool. And if you were to sit on a physical stool with only two, two legs, you would be on the ground. And I was on the ground. Um, I was on the ground. And I'm just thankful to not be. And I'm still kind of a mess, but I think I suspect on my deathbed, I'll still be a little bit of a mess because I'm human and I can't get rid of being human. I mean, even today I set my alarm for four, I was going to get ready, I was going to put my makeup on, I was going to be ready to, to present, you know, and, and have thought about what I was going to say. And don't you know that what woke me up was a beautiful text from a lovely lady in this group saying, Hey, Heather, just a reminder, are you coming? Because my alarm didn't go off because I'm a mess, but I'm a mess that that God loves and that you guys love and that is is not killing myself with food and have found something that feeds my soul, which then feeds my body too. So one day at a time, um, one day at a time, I am getting better. And uh, yeah, I'm just so thankful. I don't know if that's a two minute thing, but it seems like that's kind of a place and I, I, I will, you know what? I'll end with this little story. There's a little girl. She's got a pearl necklace. She wears it. She's like four. She wears it every day. She loves it. She doesn't ever take it off. She doesn't even take it off to go to bed. Her parents let her sleep in it, right? One day, her daddy says, hey, can I have that necklace? And she's like, no, daddy, no, I love this necklace. And he's like, 
sweetheart, can I, can I have the necklace? You're going to bed. Um, you've been wearing it for a month. Uh, and he, she said, no, no, I love my necklace. I can't get rid of my necklace. And he said, sweetheart, do you trust me? She's like, yes. She takes off her necklace. And he takes the necklace, puts it on a table, and smashes it. And she's like, what? You know, and I mean, this big crocodile tear comes down her cheek because this is her daddy. She trusted him. He just broke her pearl. From behind his back, he pulls out another necklace. And he says, sweetheart, this is real pearls. What you had was plastic. It wasn't real. And like, that's what it felt like when I showed up. Felt like somebody smashed my pearl necklace. But you know what? I got the real pearls now. So, thank you for letting me uh, letting me share my story. Thank you for being patient with me. Uh, that it was a wee bit late, and uh, thank you for for showing up in this meeting because you helped me get better. Um, this is a wee program. <laughs>